We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Today's episode of the DNBR Nuggets podcast is brought to you by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. It's locally owned and operated with over a thousand varieties of beer. They have wines from around the world, fine single malts, and rare whiskeys. Download their app today and use promo code FIRST10 to, re- to receive 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. Davidson's is also featuring Breckenridge as their brewery of the month and offering six packs for only $7.99. They have two convenient locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. Now let's jump into the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Adam Mades from DNVR, where you can subscribe for just $5 a month and get access to all of our premium content across Broncos, Nuggets, Rockies, and Avs, also Buffs and Rams, if you're into that kind of thing. I am joined today by my friend and colleague in New Orleans, Christian Clark. What's going on, brother? Dude, what's up? I'm living my best. Um, haven't we had a little bit of, of difficulty here? So I've got the cell phone version of Christian Clark on the phone, but um, I pro- I assure you it is just as good as the regular version of Christian Clark. Um, Christian, as if you if you don't know the backstory, Christian was in Denver um, for a while. He is now in New Orleans covering Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. I guess not really Zion Williamson yet, um, but but soon enough. And um, so he's kind of got an interesting perspective on both Denver being inside it and and then being outside of it. Uh, I first want to ask, though, does it feel a little bit like a parallel between you you saw Denver basically at the start of the rebuild. Now you go to New Orleans for the start of a brand new one. Does it does. Are there some parallels there? Oh, man, that's that's really interesting. You know, going to Pelicans games lately feels a lot like going to a Nuggets game in like January 2017 when they're playing the Atlanta Hawks and there's 5,000 people in the stands. I, I mean, there was this initial wave of optimism. They, they sold a bunch of season tickets when they got Zion, but, you know, they've lost 12 in a row. The Saints and the LSU are really good, so they're, like, dominating, you know, all the, all the headlines. They get all the attention, and, I mean, it's kind of harsh, but nobody really cares about the Pelicans right now, and the team hasn't given them much reason to. Is it the same? Like, here in Denver, I always felt like the Broncos were king, but people did care about the Nuggets. You you mentioned those, like, 2017 games in the stands were empty, so that's – I mean, there's no denying that. But I always felt like there was people that cared about the Pelicans. Do Is it even worse there, do you think? Um, You know – I'd say maybe slightly. Um, I mean, I think the Nuggets were dead last in attendance in, in that 2016-17 season. So, like, yeah. you know, it, it couldn't be that much worse. 
Um, but, you know, there is there is a hardcore base that's going to watch them game in and game out no matter, you know, what happens. Like, if a meteor struck and, like, took half a Smoothie King Center out, they'd, they'd still watch <laughs> the next game or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough times right now. It's It's getting kind of depressing. I mean, this is the longest losing streak in franchise history. It's funny because so much of the media follows, like, the same big teams, and you left Denver right as, like, people were actually showing up to the arena. And it's, it's funny that you brought that up because it's only been a year since Denver has basically been selling tickets to people and people have been coming. But it already feels like you're, it's almost like you're bringing up a memory I haven't even thought about, you know, those empty arenas. It, it, you must have a real interesting experience now in, like, year four of this where you're just always in empty arenas. Yeah, I, I went from empty arena, mostly empty arena, to a really fun arena, to now a really empty arena again. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. if there's like one one symbol of like the Pelican season, um, at the beginning of the year, Pierre the Pelican, uh, the Pelican's mascot, was was striking this drum before games. It's called the Won't Bow Down Drum. Uh, won't the bow won't, down the won't back down? This year. Back down? Won't, won't bow down drum. Won't bow down. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's kind of weird. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like their whole marketing campaign is kind of like a nod to the Lakers almost. Yeah. And, and everything that happened last year with wow. Anthony Davis. It's it's a little bit weird. How hilarious, yeah, it's, it's though, weird that, that, make, that, like, that I haven't heard that. Because that's like such an incendiary, like purposeful sort of shot at LeBron and the Lakers. And it, like just the national media, it, it just people are just like, yeah, that's not even worth talking about. Oh, uh, you haven't heard it because they haven't won a basketball game in 26 freaking days. <laughs> 26. It's literally been 26 days. I counted it today. Oh, my God. Um, Since before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Ugh. So, Pierre the Pelican, about three home games ago, just stopped beating the Wolf Bad Dow Drum altogether. That tradition, oh. like, lasted 15 games. Oh, they bowed down. <laughs> That's so sad. They did bow down. Oh, poor Pelicans. That's really bad. Um, I was going to go a different direction, but I kind of want to pull on this. So, you're, you, you are on the road and life on the road in the NBA, I, I've always thought this really sucks. I've only done it like twice, but both times I was just miserable. You've been now to a bunch of arenas. Give me some like, give me just like your best experiences, arena experiences, and maybe your worst one. Um, so I just did the uh, Milwaukee and Philadelphia two-game road trip. Mm. Both of those arenas are freaking sweet. Milwaukee is like a spaceship inside and out. I mean, that might be the most beautiful arena in the entire NBA. Um, you know, Philadelphia Man. is really cool. Those are, those are just some like bloodthirsty fans. So I had a, I had a fantastic time at both those places would highly recommend seeing a basketball game in either of those. Um, I mean, the traveling has been really fun and like getting to see these different arenas and, and how different fan bases are is fantastic. But like just the toll traveling takes on you, like from a, from a house standpoint, it's kind of hard. Like I've yeah. already, had the flu this year. I'm not a person that gets sick often. Like it's, it's hard to eat. Well, like I'm not expecting anybody to feel bad for me. Like I know <laughs> a million people would want this job. You know, as my dad says, whatever I complain, he's like, you're not exactly digging ditches. Yeah. You know, point taken. <laughs> but, uh, it, it is a little bit hard. I got to get used to it, I guess. And that's what people, I, I always say people don't realize when they're like back to back is no excuse, like excuse. No, but like, if we're just being logical, if you had to gun to your head and you had to pick the team on the second night of a back to back with travel and on the end of a road trip, probably not going to win that game. So, um, but yeah, like when I, whenever I've done that too, it's been the exact same way. I think I did Charlotte to Atlanta one time. Of course I had to drive, but I did like Charlotte to Atlanta 
on a back to back. And just like when I arrived at the arena, I was just so tired and so exhausted. And I was like, God, these guys have to play a basketball game. No way I could do that right now. Um, yeah, so that's cool. The different fan bases, though. Philadelphia, you no- definitely notice there's a little bit of that like bloodthirstiness to them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, Joel Okafor, they love JJ Redick. There was uh, there, like they gave JJ Redick a standing ovation. Like anytime he checked into a game, they they hate Joel Okafor as much as they love JJ Redick. Like anytime <laughs> Joel Okafor touched the ball, it was like boo. Like anytime he went to the free throw line, they booed the hell out of him. So it's kind of one of those deals where, you know, if, if you got on their good side, they'll love you forever. But if you didn't play well while you were there, then they, like, you know, treat you like the enemy. Poor J- poor Okafor. Like, what did he do other than just not be good at basketball? I guess he got in that street fight that one time. Do you remember that street fight? I guess you probably can't talk about this too much, but I will. He, he got in that street fight early on in his career, and I just remember one of his friends – like screaming into the camera, he's one of the best players in the NBA. I remember thinking, like, man, <laughs> <laughs> this friend is like definitely not going to ever say no to Jalil Okafor about anything, or like, um, you know, tell him to pull his head out of his ass. Uh, what's different about the city of New Orleans from Denver? Oh my God, everything. <laughs> uh, you know, New Orleans is like six feet below sea level. I mean, that's well, yeah, that's that's, that's a start. Too. Yeah. Uh, Den- Denver might be like the most health conscious, you know, major city in America. Uh, New Orleans might be the least health conscious oh, major wow. city in America. Like, just imagine if every Chipotle uh, sandwich shop, like poke place, was either fried chicken or shrimp. That's how yeah. New Orleans is. Really? Can you get fried like, chicken in your no Chipotle? <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe a bidet yeah, as like, well, just to to finish it off. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I would I should have like taken my blood pressure right before I left Denver, and then taken it whenever I go back for the Christmas Day game. Like it's it's going to be so much higher. It's like so hard to just be healthy here. That's why I always laugh when people talk about like cultural food. Like, oh, the South has the best food, and I was like, yeah, no shit, man. They like put douse it in butter, deep fry it, like. Anybody can make good food if you just <laughs> throw out all like health consciousness and don't care about about that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, I've been to New Orleans twice. Once I was arrested, I spent spent the night in jail. It's the only time I've ever been in jail. <laughs> New Orleans is an absolutely absurd. I didn't know absurd. if you were going to tell this. What's that? I didn't know if you were going to tell that story in the podcast. Well, I, I can't. It, the story, the, the real podcast. story, takes way too long to tell. Maybe I'll have to do it at a live show or something one time. But it's like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm not like something I'm like ashamed of or anything. It was absolutely absurd situation so it's not, I, don't, I don't feel any anything bad about it um pelican or new orleans just an absolutely crazy city what about the beat like i'm always curious about what different beats are like and i've had people that have come through national media that have come through denver and said that it's like extremely unique what's your read on like how different is the pelicans beat from the, the nuggets beat in your experience so there's not nearly as much new media here um i mean there are some folks from the bird rights the sg nation blog here that are that are there, you know, a game in and game out basis, but there's a lot more new media in Denver. And I would say, you know, generally it's, I would say Denver's, you know, five to seven years ahead of where New Orleans is. I'm like the media curve, in my opinion, like mm. it's, it's kind of, it's a unique situation, man. Like the, the newspaper I write for the times picking in New Orleans advocate, um, they're kind of under one umbrella. Like the print product is still really important here. Um, in a, in a way that it, it's, it's 
you know, not quite as important in Denver. Um, so Denver's more new media ish. Um, there are three of us, uh, you know, me, Andrew Lopez with ESPN and Will Guillory with the athletic who are at every home game and then, and then do some traveling as well. So it's a pretty small media crew. Mm. Um, so I would say, you know, there, there's definitely more coverage, uh, of the nuggets and a little more saturation there. That's really that's really interesting that there's more coverage about the Nuggets here in Denver. But you're right, as you mentioned it, you know, Mile High Sports, Denver Stiffs, DNVR, that's a big piece of like the Nuggets coverage in Denver, and and those even Nick Cosmeyer, the Athletic, those are all new new media. Um, the only traditional one is really Mike Singer, and then like five times a year Mark Kisla. So um, it's like the traditional media outlets are are almost none, and then there's like no local TV. What about local TV? Do they show up to every game? Uh, no, they don't show up to every game. Um, you know, TV, TV guys have come out, you know, when they know Zion is going to be available, but man, I've lived in, I've lived in Dallas, Fort Worth area. I've lived in Denver and, and now I've lived here and, you know, it just might be because the Saints and LSU are so freaking good, but this might be the most football crazy place, football crazy market <laughs> I've ever lived in, which is saying yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, that is saying something. Um, what are people in New Orleans saying about the Denver Nuggets? Uh, dude, they're not even saying anything about the New Orleans Pelicans, <laughs> let alone the Denver Nuggets. So like, conversations like NBA, before the NBA game, is just not like registering. But I mean, when you're at the game and you're uh, you're sitting there with other reporters, anybody just say anything about like the, the Nuggets or just anything about the NBA? Uh, they say, "Hey, Jokic, he's pretty good." That that's about it, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. That's, you know, I would say a, co- a couple of people, you know, know how to pronounce, pronounce Nikola Jokic and all that. But, yeah, man, I mean, the the conversation is, is not about the NBA right now. That's like so, so funny, so man. So driven towards football. So people don't know, like here in Denver, yeah. um, you know, most of the writers, though not all, there's some that just sort of, you know, do their own thing or whatever. But most of the writers, you know, we have our different things we have to do before the game. But it's not like there's two hours and we probably have 20 minutes worth of stuff to do. We sit and talk hoops and, you know, you mingle with different people, try to talk or whatever, but we're always talking more or less talking hoops. And so it's always – and it is funny to me because when some of the bigger news outlets come, some of your radio talk show guys or TV or whatever, when they show up, they just want to talk Broncos. And you're kind of like, man, we're at a Nuggets game ahead of a big you know, big Nuggets moment and you really want to talk about Broncos. So it's kind of funny. And I just wondered if that's – and it sounds like maybe that's what New, New Orleans is like. Everybody just wants to talk about LSU and, and the Saints. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, if, if, if LSU wins, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go talk football on you. If LSU wins, they play the national championship in New Orleans. Oh, wow. That would be pretty big, I guess. If that happens, I, I'm just assuming they'll like eliminate my B completely and fold me into LSU coverage. So, well, let's take a break on the other side. I want to talk about Drew Holiday, who has been made available according to Mark Stein, which is kind of like code for he's, he, they want to trade him, but um, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. I want to remind you that Breckenridge Brewery is Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirit Brewery of the Month. So download their app and enjoy a six-pack for only $7.99 all month long. And I have to promote a new one today. I had a, a listener submit a, a why don't you ever promote the Oatmeal Stout, which I didn't think of it, but we never do. We always do leave them off the list. We talk about the Avalanche Ale, uh, the Strawberry Sky, but uh, the Oatmeal Stout is, I, I like dark beers and maltier beers, and that one is a, a fantastic one, also a good winter one. So shouts to you, listener. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get that promo in, but check out Breckenridge Brewery. They've been a great partner for us, and they're a fantastic beer. 
There's a new alternative for addressing your tax needs, SymbioTax. An administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own. And George over at SymbioTax is a proud DNVR subscriber and a diehard Avalanche fan. Man, apps. Love that apps team. Don't freak out about the blues thing. It's fine, everybody. Chill. Whether you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or if you just need to get your tax return filled, go to the qualified professionals to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Call SymbioTax today for a free consultation. 720-366-4470 or visit them at SymbioTax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O-Tax.com. Wow, no laugh at all on me saying they're going to eliminate my beat. I must not have heard it. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> um, otherwise, I would have given you at least a courtesy laugh. At least M- Michael Malone busted out a Keystone Cops reference the other day to a bunch of like 25-year-olds, and everybody laughed like it was the funniest thing. And then afterwards, I asked people, like, you guys catch that reference? They're like, I have no idea what it means. And I was like, well, then why did you laugh so hard? It's kind of funny. There's something about the forced laugh that uh, that's just great. So Mark Stein is reporting now. Uh, actually, I should ask you that one before I move on. Um, Alvin Gentry versus Michael Malone. Differences of coverage covering those two. Oh man, um, they're both very good with the media, but, but you know they have such different demeanors. Uh, Michael Malone is, you know, almost like a college coach. Um, he's about as college coachy as you get for NBA head coaches. Like each loss, like really just affects him and he's gotten better with that you know even even since i started covering the nuggets but he had a, he, Gentry, he i would say know, had a relapse this year um i think he's gotten it under oh, control really? but yeah i think the first month maybe six weeks of the season mike malone relapsed to like 2017 angry malone i mean he had the famous they were up 27 in the fourth quarter he called a rage timeout would not put michael porter jr into like five minutes left in the game despite being up 30 so um, he's, he, I think he had a little relapse, but I do think over the last like week and a half or so, it's become a very conscious thing of him to like, not be so intense all the time. Yeah. I mean, he's got to consciously make that decision. It's not <laughs> easy for him. Uh, you know, <laughs> Alvin Gentry is, you know, he's been in the, he's been in the NBA for like three decades, man. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty much seen everything as well. He's a, he's a very easygoing guy. Um, you know, I think the losses don't, don't hurt nearly as hard as this as they do Michael Malone. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not saying like that you should be like pissed off after a November loss to like, you know, the Los Angeles Clippers or something, but it is, it is a little jarring going from Malone who just like wants to rip somebody's head off after they lose to Alvin Gentry. who's just like, eh, you know, we just got to make more shots next time. It is wild to me. And it's funny because when I talk to analytics people, you know, like like when I'm when I say this, I mean like the Kevin Peltons, the Seth Partnows, you know, people like that. When I ask them about coaching, they're always like, "Oh, coaching makes such a little impact." Like we've studied it, maybe like two or three wins most of the time. Some, you know, Mike D'Antoni might completely change your system or something, but most of the time, like coaching makes a marginal impact. And I'm always like, "How is that possible?" Because as you mentioned, Alvin Gentry and Michael Malone are such extremely different people. I just can't actually buy that they don't have an influence on what your team becomes. So. I'm a big believer in in the impact of those guys. But we got to move on. I want to go to Mark Stein has reported that Drew Holiday is available in trades, um, which is, again, I I do think that is a way of saying, like, yeah, the Pelicans are good. They want to trade him, not like, oh, 
they would field offers for him. They wouldn't let that be known, and especially amidst the 12-game losing streak. It's clear that their whole focus is on figuring out who their guys are going for. Would you say that's fair? That, that that's sort of They're in the phase right now where they just want to know who, who stays and who goes? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, look, there, there are two building blocks for the next five years or so. Are, those guys are going to be Zion Williamson and Braden Ingram. How do you feel about uh, those, bre- those gonna, building blocks? Well, uh, by themselves, I, I feel great. I'm, it, it remains to be seen, you know, how those guys mesh together. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic because, you know, we've seen that, that Zion's a guy who doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. But it'll be interesting to see how they, they mesh. But, I mean, I, I think you feel pretty good, you know, tethering your, your future to those guys. Are you, have you become more of a Brandon Ingram fan since being there, just, you know, getting to see him every night? Yeah, I have. Um, you know, you would you would like to see him, you know, be a lot better at the defensive end. I mean, the Pelicans are second to last in, in defensive efficiency right now, and you know he's been he's been a big part of that. But he's been really impressive on offense, and I've been really impressed by just his demeanor and what kind of guy he is in the locker room too. Mm. Um, you know, I think he he takes losses pretty hard, but. He's not like wallowing or anything, and I really, I genuinely do think he's a great teammate. Like, I think he's really well liked. I think he doesn't think he's better than anybody else. Like, I think, you know, guys who aren't as talented as him in that locker room, like, are genuinely happy to see him succeed just because he's like a good, humble, hardworking dude. Like, yeah. the only thing Brandon Ingram cares about is basketball, and I think that's a great quality to have. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Drew Holiday, what about him? You've watched him very closely now. What sort of, give me your scouting report on him. I mean, Drew's a stud. He's just, I, I think what, you know, these first 25 games have shown is that he just, he just can't be a number one on a good team. Yeah. Um, you know, it was Anthony Davis was a guy shouldering that load up until the season. And I just don't think Drew's cut out for it. Um, you know, you would, I think you would like to see a little more fire. Like they've lost 12 in a row. I would like to see a little more fire from the guy who's supposed to be the leader that, that we just haven't seen. It, it, to me, it just seems like he's kind of going with the flow, and he's played pretty well. Um, and the other thing I've seen, too, is he needs to play next to a guy who's able to hand, handle most of the playmaking load in the half court. And mm. in Denver, you know, Nicole Jokic is obviously that guy, but like, the Pelicans don't have even an average NBA point guard on their roster right now. I mean, Lonzo Ball has been awful this season. Like, yeah. I don't know if Lonzo Ball is a rotation player in the NBA, the, the way things are going right now. And Drew is just not a guy who, who's great at getting, you know, his teammates into the offense, you know, set up. I think it could work, um, you know, next to Jokic because Jokic is so unique and that, that he handles that for you in the half court. But, yeah, man, he needs – he needs like a point guard or a floor general to unlock the best version of himself. So if he, and I mean, obviously we're going to get to some specific trades, but he would be here to play the two. Um, uh, if he was alongside Murray, Barton and Jokic, how much does that, un- you know, unlock what you're talking about? Because he would essentially be the fourth basic, like probably the fourth option or tied for the third option in, in that, in that setup. Yeah, I, I think that would be a, a really good setup for him. I mean, defensively, he's a freaking stud. Like, on ball, uh, on the perimeter, he's about as good as it gets in the NBA. I mean, there was a game earlier this year where they threw him on Paul George in the fourth quarter, and he, like, took Paul George's cookies three times in the fourth quarter. Like, he can, like, guard forwards even sometimes in stretches. Um, you know, I guess the one question I would have if 
if he moves them to Denver, is like, do they have enough outside shooting? Yeah. Because that's kind of the one thing you're giving up. How do you feel when he catches a wide open three pointer on the wing? Uh, meh. I, I don't feel <laughs> great about it. I mean, I feel obviously a lot better about it with, with Gary Harris. And I don't know. Drew's kind of weird, too. Like, he he's not like as decisive as you would like a lot of the time. Like he's very deliberate in how he attacks and like he's, he's fast, but he's never like, he doesn't like put it into like fifth gear or something. Like he almost gets by with his strength more than his speed. I would say that's where Gary Harris is. I think at the moment, which is, it's kind of interesting hearing this because Gary Harris has been incredibly unreliable as a three point shooter, although important to note better than drew holiday has been um, this year. But offensively, yeah, it's so much of that where it's like, man, I think you're a better you're better at getting to the rim than this, but you just seem unwilling to do so. You don't always read the court well on the pick and roll, like you, you kind of miss the obvious read. And it sounds like maybe you're saying Drew has a little bit of that in him as well. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, Drew's also kind of weird in that he's a right-handed shooter who like almost always finishes with his left hand inside. I mean, he's one of the hmm. only guys in the league like that. Um, so that's kind of a, a unique thing about his game, but I, I still really like the fit next to Jokic a lot. Um, I mean, he gives you, you know, some of the perimeter defense that, that maybe you don't have right now, though the Nuggets have been really freaking good on defense this year. So that that's kind of weird, yeah. but um, I don't know, man, I would, I would have to think long and hard about it if I was Denver. Uh, True holiday is really good. And honestly, I think, you know, he's just not cut out to be a number one option, and you wouldn't really have to do that in Denver. The one difference defensively that you're talking about that I think is most different between him and Gary is I just never feel like Gary is going to stop your bigger guys, um, your Paul Georges, your Kawhis, your LeBrons, your even even like your Hardens. And so I, I do wonder if like Drew is a guy that has a bit of that Marcus Smart in him, where most you almost certainly need to get bigger and longer on the perimeter going forward. But there are some guys who are an exception to that. Marcus Smart is the most obvious one, who's like the best at defending post ups in the NBA, no matter size. But Drew might have a little bit of that too, where he's just strong enough and long enough armed and just good enough with his hands to always give those types of problems. Oh, I think that's a really interesting comparison, and that's uh, not one that I've really heard many people make before. I mean, when the Lakers came into town, there were a couple possessions where like Drew got switched onto Anthony Davis, and like even Anthony Davis couldn't overpower Drew inside. And you know, Anthony Davis still scored a lot because Anthony Davis he hit like you know a semi-contested fall away or, or something like that. But like, it, it's just not very often where a guy is able to bowl over Drew, no matter how big he is. I mean, he is an yeah. absolute freak. I, I think that the Marcus Smart comparison on defense is pretty good. I mean, he is absurdly strong for a six foot four guy. How is he as a locker room guy? I think he's great in the locker room, man. But that's as long as he doesn't have to be your emotional leader. Right. He's he's like a Cali dude. He just kind of like you know goes with the flow. I mean, he, he comes in, he plays pretty hard every game, but like. I don't think the losses like eat at him and, and gnaw at him. Like, mm. would he like to win more? Sure. But like, you know, he's getting paid pretty well. Uh, his wife and his kid love here. Like he's got a pretty good situation. You know, I, I think he's great if he's not like your emotional leader. And I, I don't think he would have to be in Denver. 
I think Drew is in a lot of ways just like the slightly better Gary Harris. And that's why the Gary Harris trade's so interesting because obviously, I mean, the potential deal for Denver to get Drew Holiday would, would include Gary Harris, probably Malik Beasley, and I think to make it work, probably Wancho Erna Gomez or Jared Vanderbilt as well. Um, I mean, do you first of all, do you agree with sort of that's the price? It's not like you can trade Gary for, for Drew. You'd have to throw in the young pieces. That's That's what New Orleans would be interested in. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd have to like start the conversation at, you know, maybe a Gary, Malik Beasley and and then, you know, one other minor piece. Uh maybe think about Lancho instead of Jared Vanderbilt just cuz maybe you want to throw as much shooting around Zion as possible. Um but yeah, you know, I think you know, you got Drew Holiday for a year and a half at least and then I think he's got a player option after that. So, I mean, you're getting yeah. You know, this playoffs run and, and then all of next year too. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah, um, d- is New Orleans? Do you think interested in in that deal that you just mentioned, Wancho Beasley and Gary? Oof, this is just my personal feeling. I'm not like, yeah, reporting or anything like that. I don't. I don't know, man. I think it was <laughs> Thanks for clarifying and then saying I don't know. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. This is my personal opinion. Don't I, hold me to it, but I don't know. Christian Clark. I, I don't want to get in any trouble, man. I just started this beat. I don't want to get in any trouble. Um, yeah. Okay. My my gut instinct is no. That's still not enough. Wow. Like I think New Orleans this year would have to be just blown away to move Drew. But it also depends, like if the losing keeps up or not. You know, if this thing gets to like shoot seventeen, eighteen games, then I think they're, you know a lot more likely to, to make a trade. But if they win their next two, then, you know, I I think this kind of dies down a little bit. I think it, a lot of it's tied to just how they're performing. Like, I think a lot of the reason, you know, this, this came out now is because they're playing some miserable-ass basketball right now, and they've, they've lost 12 in a row. And, like, to me, what this seems like is this is almost messaging that, like, this is not acceptable what we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, but at the same time, like, what's the point anymore? You know, like that's the thing about the NBA is they're already at a point where I think it's impossible to make the playoffs. So why not just lose as many? And then when you know you get that shot in the arm, maybe in January, it doesn't sound like Zion will be back for Christmas, does it? No, I would I would be very surprised. I don't think he's going to be back till January. Yeah, so January sometime he comes back, and that's when you sort. And, and <laughs> as weird as it is to say, hopefully you have a big enough cushion on your losses that that little Zion boost you're almost certainly going to get. It doesn't like completely take you out of a top spot. And I know they flatten the odds, but you just don't, you know, I, I just, if I were them, I wouldn't be concerned about the winning so much at this point. I would be more concerned about, you know, Ingram's like mental, um, you know, he doesn't want, you don't want to build the habit of just being a loser and then them look at it as like, well, this is not an organization that's set to win. But I just do think when Zion comes back, you get that boost where you win like, seven out of 10 or something. And, and everybody's just kind of excited and nobody scouted Zion yet. So everybody's confused. I just feel like that's coming. Yeah. I mean, the, what they need this year is just that glimmer of hope. Like I think, you know, playoffs. No, like, like that's already gone this year. There was, there's some optimism that they could be a dark horse playoff team. They're, they're clearly just not good enough, but they got to have like that glimmer of hope for like the season ticket holders. I mean, you can, you can, a couple of games ago, like you could get a, a $1 ticket on StubHub to, to see a Pelicans game. Mm. Like that's how bad things have gotten right now. <laughs> $1. I mean, they, they just, it's, it's like hopeless right now, man. That's so it's, wild. It's brutal. Uh, that's so, wild. Like, I think even, even next year, like, you know, JJ Reddick's under contact next year. Drew Holiday's under contact. 
through next year. I, I mean, I bet if you gave like the front office true serum, they'd say absolutely we could make the playoffs next year. Well, I mean, next year is, is a, certainly a possibility. Um, but let me ask you this one before we go to break. JJ Redick, they they mentioned him as like not an untouchable, but close. Um, do you first of all, do you get the sense he wants to be? I mean, he's a veteran. He's at the end of his career. Does he want to be on a team losing twelve straight? That's a tricky one because his wife and his two kids moved down to New Orleans. His kids are in school here. Oof. I think JJ's you know very family oriented, and they plan to be here for a while. So I, I think that's a big factor for him. But, yeah, man, I mean, he's he's playing some fantastic basketball, but this is year 14. I mean, he's a very smart guy. He's got to know, I got, like, probably two, three more years left of this. And, you know, that's that's my last chance to, to win a championship. I think J.J. Redick has been as frustrated by all this losing as anybody. I mean, there there have been some some rough interactions this year. Like, they lost by 46 points in Dallas. And J.J. Redick was about as, as angry as I've ever seen an NBA player in a locker room. And, you know, he, he's made the playoffs every single year of his career up to this point. Like, he's wow. a guy who, who's never gone through losing. Yeah. So this is something new for him. Man, that'd be so, in- that's so, so interesting. I, yeah, I think, like, with him, it's like, it's all up to him. Like, if he says, you know what, okay, I, I want one last chance to win a championship, then they'll, they'll happily do it. So it's, it's all up to him. I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see what that looks like um, if if Denver was interested in him. Because as you mentioned, I think shooting for Denver is actually incredibly important. I think Denver should be a better shooting team than what they've shown. But we're two years into this now where they've kind of just not been what you expected. Um, And a guy like J.J. Redick, if he came in here and started missing shots, you'd say, okay, something's wrong here. There's a systemic problem with the Denver Nuggets that is causing them to be this bad. The problem is J.J. Redick makes $13.5 million. And again, Denver can part with Wancho and with Beasley, but then trying to match up the other piece of that can get a little bit tough. Maybe Mason Plumley, who again, I don't think New Orleans has any interest in, but it's just you're just making salaries match at that point to give up uh, Wancho and Beasley. Do you feel like that's a move they would do? If JJ came to them and said, look, man, I just um, you know, don't want to be here anymore. If you guys could move me, great. Would they take Beasley and Wancho for him? Uh, yeah, I think that would be a fantastic call for JJ Redick. I mean, I'm... Uh, I'm pretty high in the league Beasley. I mean, I, I sat there and watched those 20 games that he started last year when he was, you know, almost a, a 50, 40, 90 player. So, you know, if it was me, I would, I would absolutely take that. Um, I, I don't know. That seems like a, a pretty fair haul. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a lot because, quite frankly, Beasley's a really good shooter. And J.J. Redick, I think, is better at, like, moving off ball and some of that stuff. But, I mean, they're, Beasley's a guy that when he's open, I just think it's in. So part of me thinks you have a guy that you can shoot on your bench that doesn't play great defense already. So trading him for just the older version is and, and way more expensive version is is bizarre to me. But you know who knows? I, I don't. I guess I don't. I, Denver has those assets, Beasley and, and Wancho, and I just have no idea how they're going to use them, what they're going to use them on um, to cash them in. I guess looking at it, maybe Okafor and Redick for Plumley, Wancho, and Beasley would work. So. Um, <laughs> Jalil Okafor, give Michael Malone Jalil Okafor his backup center, and I just I would love to see what happens to him. Take away Gary Harris, or, or oh, I guess you keep Gary Harris here, but take away Mason Plumley and replace him with Okafor. Malone might might freak. I think your backup center would then be Paul Millsap. <laughs> well, that's always been the hope. Or you know what, Bull Bull, why not? Let's get this Bull Bull hype going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back a really short third segment. Um, just kind of talk about some stuff around the NBA. We'll be right back. Thirty thirty. 
That's right. Total Bev is giving the DNVR family 30% off your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to $75. Use promo code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Man, DNVR2019, only like two more weeks for that promo code, I guess. Uh, Download the app today. As you may or may not know, Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder, Aurora, Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right, from drinks to gummies. You can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount of $75. All right, Christian, just a couple minutes here before we close out, but... um. You know, looking around the NBA, what stories have interested you so far this season? Oh, man. Um, probably Giannis. I've had so much fun watching Giannis somehow get even better. I, I mean, I, I expected, you know, the Bucks maybe not to take a step back, but, like, I definitely didn't expect them to, like, take a step forward. Uh, I just enjoy, you know, in this era of, like, load management Giannis going out there night after night after night and just trying to like rip people's heads off it's 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 crazy how good he is how good he was last year then to come back even better 30 he's almost scoring 32 points a game scoring's out of control obviously Harden at 39 a game but 32 13 rebounds and five assists like his numbers are absolutely absurd just absolutely absurd and they have a legitimate chance one thing so a lot of the talk has been that maybe he's out the door um, you know, when his contract is up. And I think next year, depending on how this year goes, next year could be, a, or this summer could get really interesting for um, the, the Bucks If they get a sense that he might pull the LeBron from the Cavs the first time where he just doesn't tell them what his plan is, but then it, his plan secretly is to leave and you're left there with nothing. I wonder if Milwaukee might try to like really get an early read and, and maybe try to move him. And here's my question. If you're the Nuggets, would you trade the farm to pair Giannis and Jokic together for one year. Oh my God, yes. So if you could have, but it would cost you like Murray, MPJ, you know, Gary Harris. Like it just, it would cost you everything to where you'd almost have to rebuild a roster, but, and you only get one year to do it, uh, but you would do it. You would go for it. I, I think I would. Like I think the, the Giannis Jokic pairing would, would almost be like LeBron, Anthony Davis esque in a way that like, man, if you, if you can just kind of sort of fill it out, like, Right. They're going to be a freaking juggernaut just because they pair so well together. Um, but I mean, that's, it's really easy for me to say it's just like a guy at home. <laughs> right. And you'd hope Denver would be able to hold on to like some of the guys that they have that are on you know good deal contracts or something like Monte Morris. and you know Just have some guys that can do like basic NBA stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. I love this Nuggets team. I'd... I'm all in on the we don't skip steps nuggets, but if somehow you just got one year of Giannis, just go for it, man. It would be the most iconic year in Denver Nuggets history, and sometimes that alone is worth it. And then you never know. You might win a championship, and you might convince uh, Giannis that, hey, Denver's pretty cool. Jokic is pretty cool as, a, as like a second guy, because it's weird to think. Jokic would be the second guy in that setup, <laughs> but Jokic is a cool second guy. Um, you just there's, there's that tiny chance that it breaks perfectly for you. Dude, Jokic would love playing with Giannis, too. He would have so much fun. Would Giannis um, enjoy playing with Jokic? Ooh, I think so. I, I think, think Jokic would like feed off of that energy. I think there is no doubt in my mind Giannis would absolutely love playing with Jokic and their games would fit together. I mean, Yo- Giannis is like Westbrook seven feet tall because the thing is, is if you, you get Giannis sort of like at the elbows or whatever, you pass to Jokic and then you back cut. Like, it's just... 
you don't have to beat your guy by that much for Jokic to be able to hit a seven foot wide receiver at the rim. You know what I mean? Like it, it just he would throw so many of those oops that he's not even open for. I think Giannis would love it. Yeah, and, and Giannis would instantly come in and be like the face of the franchise, which Jokic kind of you know, <laughs> begrudgingly does right now. <laughs> if, I, I think he would love it, man. It's like a match made in heaven. Part of me thinks that I look at this Denver situation and I think, man, just go for it. Like, there's a real. There, I've heard rumors before that Giannis um, is is headed to Golden State. That that's like been a, a plan in the works for two years, and it's part of their giant master plan, and that's part of why they picked up some of the contracts that they did this summer. And I just wonder, like, if that's an open secret behind closed doors, why not blow it up and do what Masai Ujiri did and say, okay, yeah, you can go to Golden State in 2022, but we're one year, we're just, you know, we're going for broke, and then we'll start over, we're, we'll build around Jokic again afterwards. And I, I, there's just, a, to me, I'm, I'm with it. That's like the one move I'm willing to trade everything for. Whatever the next step is in the Nuggets' progression is going to be so interesting because they've built this thing up, you know, step by step by step, but, like, it's it's unclear if they're going to be able to get to the next level without without making a trade and kind of disrupting that chemistry just a little bit. Well, I would even go further and say I think it is clear. Like the the, the Nuggets with Murray as the second best guy are just not going to. You can't fool yourself into thinking they are better than LeBron James, Anthony Davis as a big two. Like I just don't think that's realistic for you to do. And um, so. So either that means Michael Porter Jr. and or Bull Bull end up becoming the like number one pick type caliber players that um, you know they were projected to be before the injuries and before the fall, or and that's an unlikely scenario. Or you get that guy to join you through trade or free agency or whatever, and that's just so hard to do. But Giannis is an example of maybe that door does open. I mean, I don't. I think what would have to happen is if Giannis lost, let's say they lost to like Boston in the second round this year. Um, or, or even Toronto. And it was just like, man, they didn't even get it past the Celtics or the Raptors or whatever. Then you might be looking at, okay, he's got one year left on his deal. Now the rumors start to swirl. I mean, we remember when they lost last year, Malika Andrews posted her article 13 minutes after the, the final buzzer sounded that maybe he is headed. <laughs> I just think, like, imagine what would happen this time if, if they lost prematurely. Um, the, that noise would get loud. And if I'm Denver, nobody else can compete with an offer of, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., um, you know, all the little pieces that they have, just all the, like, players that they have that they can throw at you. Gary Harris, I just I just feel like there's something there. Media hates small markets so much. Like, even if <laughs> even if you have that information, like, why put it out 13 minutes after they lose? Oh, I know. I know but, because it feeds the jump. It feeds every, oh, the ESPN machine. Like, it, it was so tailored. Yeah. It was like when Jimmy Butler um, got in a fight at practice, remember, and then he had the Rachel Nichols sit down. Show. It's just like it's all it's all such an orchestrated perfect thing. When producers sit down to plan like PTI and stuff, it's like, okay, well, we know that Jimmy Butler later today is going to throw something at a teammate, and then we'll have him on with Rachel, then we'll talk about it. Like, they just have the whole machine down. The, the other thing about Milwaukee that's funny, and going from Milwaukee to Denver is almost perfect because it's like a parallel, like a sideways move market size. Milwaukee just blew, just lost, what was it, an 18-game streak or 20-game? What was it, 18? I think it was an 18-game win streak. 18, yeah. And uh, Damon Rangula had this on Twitter, a Lakers blogger had this on Twitter that when you go to the ESPN front page the day before they, they lost, you could not find any reference of the Milwaukee Bucks on the entire front page. You scrolled down for like a minute and there was no mention of like the eighth longest streak in NBA history or whatever it was. It might have been like fifth longest streak in NBA history. And as soon as they lost, it was on the top. But um, yeah, that just shows you that you can create this amazing feat and nobody will care if it happens in Milwaukee. 
Um, anything else you want to talk about in the NBA before we get out? Yeah, I got a question for you. Did you get a Bull Bull jersey for Christmas? I would have, but they're sold out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so not yet. Bull Bull, the new uh, Isaiah Thomas. He's just the most popular player on the team by miles, and uh, you get a lot of questions about him. I will say this. I will say this. I've talked to somebody that I really respect. And not, I'm not saying this is in like, oh, it's going to happen. But I talked to somebody I really respect who thinks there's a chance Bull Bull actually plays for the Denver Nuggets this year. Not as like at the end of a game, but like, you know, maybe the Nuggets have this master plan of bringing him along after the trade deadline and, and inserting him into 10 minutes a game as a steady 10-minute contributor. Um, and all I have to say about that is I highly doubt it, but I wouldn't be surprised because that guy is good. Dude. I I got to I got to admit that I was pretty stupid, you know, like the Nuggets kind of kind of did a couple of these plays where it's like, well, you know, we'll just take a flyer on this guy and if it hits great, if if you know, injuries end up like costing him forever then then whatever, you know, Michael Porter Jr. when they took him, I remember going back and forth being like well, maybe they should have taken Zaire. No, picking Michael Porter Jr. was absolutely <laughs> the right pick. I was stupid for you ever saying that. So the the 2020-21 Nuggets are Giannis at point, Michael Porter Jr. at two. No, no, Will Barton at two, Michael Porter Jr. at three, Bull Bull at four, and Jokic at five. It's got four seven-footers plus Barton. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm with it let's Zion's gonna try to dunk, dunk them all through the hoop <laughs> exactly yeah it's four seven footers and like Jokic weighs more than the other four combined uh all right christian clark thanks so much really appreciate it man this was a fun convo as always all right bro see you at christmas we'll see you then and everybody else we'll uh catch up with you next time You guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And guess what? Snow is coming. We've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked uh, out their warehouse a few weeks back and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades. And we even witnessed machines that cut materials that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy, buy in bulk at a fantastic rate. They're family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNBR. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNBR and tell them who sent you.